A random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter, what are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelist Presents Bad Moon Rising, a Moon Knight podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And yeah, this episode, episode number two, dropping on the award-winning Disney Plus we are talking about episode number two. Eddie, what is the title of it called? Summon the Suit. Summon the Soup, yes. This episode, we're talking about delicious soups. Eddie. That's what it sounded like you said. What kind of soups do you prefer? I prefer Italian wedding myself, just like with a little, like, oh, no, beef barley. Beef barley is great because those little pieces of barley. Well, yeah. It just, might or might not get stuck in your teeth. It, it happens. Then there's, like I said, Italian wedding. You have, like, the spinach pieces in there. Just, yes. You get your greens. You get your meat. You I get like your the broth. Pearl, I like the pearl-shaped pasta. I like the little meatballs. That I agree with 100%. But the onion content and I do not get along. Now, matzo ball. What is your stance on matzo ball soup? I love it myself, but it depends on where you go. Well, true, but I don't have it that often, but it is Really? Yeah. You know who had the best matzo ball soup in our area? Mm. Read my mind. It was a diner. In 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 the area. And I just said the word was. Not a Greek diner. Kind of, maybe. Okay. What? Um, no, I don't know. Blue Horizon. Blue Horizon was in our area, yeah. correct. And I miss that place, but I yeah. digress. Big time. So, but in but, all honesty. But wait, hot or cold soup? Because there's those two. You I'm know? not a cold soup person. Hot okay. soup is the way to go. Hot soup, and it's coming through, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming through. Minor, Just... minor digression. When I go to New York Comic Con sometimes, when there's a crowded area, I will yell out loud, hot soup coming through, and it is the perfect way to get through at a crowded area at that con. It's my superpower, and I love every second of it. I know another one. It's called Mess Cook with a Baby. That comes from my father-in-law who served in the Navy. So, yeah. I got diarrhea. They'll cle- they will clear. I believe They it. will clear. I, I haven't it. tested that one. Summon the suit with little time to react. Stephen is thrust into a war of the gods, and a mysterious partner arrives. Now, this episode overall, it did not click with me as much as the previous weeks did, but I did enjoy it. And something, let me ask you. Obviously, because you're you know you're my partner on this show, but okay, good. My question is: the whole concept of this show being how s- sporadic and just insane it is with the character, all these different things of his subconscious and this and that. Is this the MCU's take on Legion? What they're trying to do now with this? Because Legion, based on the Marvel character David Haller. It was its own unique thing, very bizarre, very much a mind trip word, you know, like just all those little things, what it worked for for that. I feel like this is going to be that kind of show because we're getting certain things like watching him fight off the jackals, except he's not really fighting off anything. It's it's all in his mind. And it got me thinking about something, too. In the comic books. It's kind of well established, for the most part, that Mark Spector is the main person. Mm-hmm. Where in here, we actually don't know. Stephen Grant might just be, you know, him doing his, you know, PTSD recovery kind of thing and associating this character. We don't know. But 
I love the fact that we don't know who the real person is. We don't know who the real me is. We don't. The who? Quadrophena, Eddie. Yes, the real me, the who. Thank you. But okay. I love that about this character and this interpretation of the character. And a lot of people uh, in the you know different social media circles have been complaining about some of the portrayals of this. Because, yeah, if you're a diehard character or a fan of the character, I get it. But here's the thing. We have so many different interpretations of these characters. And sometimes it's fun to differentiate from them. I don't know if I had said this on our uh, episode about Morbius that we'll be dropping this week. God help us all. But that episode, I think we're talking about uh, the different interpretations of Miles Morales. Because I know I've had this conversation with you. I don't know if it was on the record. Yeah, I can't get into and don't know the different interpretations of Miles. But, but what I I'm, like is it's yeah. never it's never the same. It's always different. And I feel like we're getting a new version of this character. Let's do something different. Yes. We're getting now, at least midway through this episode of Moon Knight, the Mark Spector character coming through. How long he's going to be that way, we're not sure. Yeah. Well, he says until, we until this situation resolves and he'll but is give he, back the body. Is Mark Spector the base of who this person is on the inside of everything, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, but we one? don't get we don't get to know. But as Conchu says, you you that body doesn't belong to you. That's not yours to keep. And you know, a lot of people also have been you know wondering, speculating about the show. And one of my favorite things recently over on Nerdist.com, they had an article. <sighs> the most clickbaity of clickbaity titles: Moon Knight's multiple personalities could be multiple universes versions of Moon Knight converging in one body. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And this was my immediate reaction. A picture of Stone Cold Steve Austin just looking annoyed as I read that. Um, that's no. taking it to an nth degree, which I don't think we need to uh, actually. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense. It's too, it's too far out. And, and that to, to would quote, really not click for you. But I'm, I'm just thinking now a couple things. I did not equate Legion to, to Moon Knight. I hope Moon Knight is not health. going... Yeah, yes, but I hope Moon Knight is not going the Legion direction because I did get through, I believe, the first full season of Legion and need to do it again if I really want to try and make some kind of sense out of it. Or maybe the point is not to make sense. That's the point. It is a show that... Because I had to kind of like throw my hands up and go, all right. It's um, spastic. It's what it is. It's Yeah, and I hope that reading the comics when I do get to those <laughs> will will make better sense. No, not really. <laughs> okay. As somebody who has plowed through the Chris Claremont run of the X-Men... To be completely honest, ladies and gentlemen, I love Legion, but I have no idea what the hell I'm reading with the character in the Bill Sienkiewicz run of uh, New Mutants. Mm. Uh, it's mm. iconic. It's legendary. The art is gorgeous. I don't know what the hell I'm reading. All right, but for the purpose of this episode, you said you're not clicking with this second episode, <laughs> meaning you're not sure what, why did this happen or what does no, it mean? No, no, just or, more in the sense of it wasn't on par with the opener where, you know, it didn't really truly grasp my attention compared to the first, but it's just, it's the second episode. You know, it's like... Well, it's like an al it's like a, a, a rock band's uh, second album, the sophomore album yeah. can fall short of the first one. Or in this case, Stephen Grant getting out of bed, shackled, falls and flat on his face when you knew in the first one he didn't do that. It didn't happen. How did he forget this time? I'm wondering if we're going to be getting that in every episode now where he's in the bed. It's going to be like, you know, each time it changes, something's different in each time with him with the shackle on the bed. Well, by the time we got to this, the end of this second episode, we're really, really overseas in, uh, in Egypt, waking up to sunrise with a bottle of booze. But that's Mark now. Going on a trip. Maybe Mark has the strap. Uh, maybe. 
Maybe because he says, where are we going to conscious you unconscious? Where the hell do you think we're going? And again, I love the vocal performance of F. Marie Abraham. Once, you know, thanks again to uh, Taylor of the KinoCast from last week for acknowledging that it was F. Marie Abraham because I can't unhear that. And I love I love that about this uh, portrayal of the character. Well, not uh, not like it has this technique hasn't been done before, but yeah. this second episode opening up with reliving the sounds of the first episode, or at least at the end of the first episode, and not seeing anything, but then you're, you're startled awake. That is Stephen, who's who's shackled, of course. And then I said, gets out, stumbles, hits, falls flat on his face, and stumbling in Susie Quattro. Yes, great song. And Norm Norman Osborne. Norman Osborne? No, Chris Norman. Whew. There we go. But uh, talking to the mirror. Are you there? Hmm. No. Didn't think so. And he's kind of coming off like he's a little. He's getting a little tough edge, Stephen Grant. Or trying to to be that way. Well, I mean, after everything he's dealt with so far, with you know, in the yeah. first episode alone, I don't blame him. Yeah, right, right. You know, literally having werewolves and all that kind of stuff go after him. Jackal. It, <sighs> I guess. I mean, I liked also when we moved, and I want to just step ahead now to watching uh, <clears throat> Stephen entering the museum from an overhead shot as if you were, you know, like a gargoyle, let's say, looking down in the front of the museum, and then that overhead and upside-down view going into the museum as if being watched. Yeah. Maybe it's a maybe it's a big bat looking looking in as he as big he walks yellow in taxi. And holding on to, uh, or actually uh, what, his co-worker, I guess, or perhaps former co-worker, and watching that security footage. Well, when it came to the scene with him talking with his now former co-worker, the uh, security guard, Watching everything of how he doesn't get the guy's name. He doesn't get Steven's name correct. He's Scotty. just like Scotty, whatever. Yeah. It's like it shows, and this is what I like about the character. He's so timid and meek and whatever. He's unrecognizable, unnoticeable. That also goes hand in hand with what Moon Knight is because he goes through all these different names and people don't bat an eye at it because, eh, whatever, it's just some guy or what's his name? Oh, it it works in his favor being so quote-unquote bland in a way is a good word to use for this I think yeah just, okay you know very milk toast it's like whatever it's hey he's there milk toast yeah Melba toast yeah white toast milk toast M-I-L-Q T-O-A-S-T oh okay yeah. new, new word of the day yeah it's in it's in okay. Hulk number one Eddie <laughs> oh well that kind of sounds familiar now but sure sure no, Eddie, I'm making up words on the show just for, you know, to entertain myself. You do, and it, and sometimes it actually lands. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, so in regards to the whole element of him with that unremarkability of milk sop. But milk toast, Eddie, that okay. word is there too. <laughs> okay. But anyway, in regards to the element of him with just how unremarkable he is, it helps out with that whole different names and different personalities kind of thing because he just blends into the background of everything around him. He can be a cabbie in the form of Jake Lockie. He can be a rich billionaire because all rich billionaires are pretty much alike. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Bruce, Tony, yeah. Elon, you know, all of the guys. <laughs> just all of these, you know, characters. And again, with Mark Spector, Mark Spector is running around doing his thing and literally just running around in circles. But, you know, he's, well, he's doing his thing of being a, you know, hired gun and everything. He's in, you know, army fatigues. He's in, like, you know, face masks and stuff. And that's why it also, it's kind of an interesting, you know, thing to look back on with the past two years in our lives. You see someone in a mask and you don't recognize them. 
Correct. So there is that whole element of everything blends in, and it helps out with that. And I, you know, again, I appreciate seeing that in these characters. Well, with the subtlety that I didn't go back for a second viewing yet, but I will. Have you gone for a second viewing of episode one, by the way? Yes. Because a number of people I know have. Yeah, Some well, people I know have watched three or four times. Not I. Uh, I'm thinking two is probably going to be it. And because we're doing this as soon as they come out, the episodes. But with my wife being a fan of Oscar Isaac, she's watching it, or rather them also. So I'm maybe getting a little bit more with my second watch. But a little subtlety, I think, here was watching that security footage and how it seems like Stephen is, is He's such a spazzing out, although he knows he, you know there's a, there's a beast coming after him and he runs out of sight of the security camera. But then out comes Mark Spector, and I think his clothing is now darker. Right. So there's a little subtlety there, even though, of course, the security footage is what, black and white? And no, that's not me, and yeah. And again, just watching him act his ass off with that whole element of just running off, scampering away, like, you know, what did you, what did you do? I love stuff like that. Right, and this is where we get the beginning of many scenes where only Steven is seeing things, whether it's a jackal or Kanchu, nobody else. Well, later on in the episode, he's fighting that jackal, and uh, what was her name again? Layla. Layla. Layla is watching him and like the little crackle kind of things you see as he's like hitting something and mm-hmm. she finally starts to see it. It's like, oh, he's not crazy. Although I love the one line of, although he is crazy. Although I love the one line of the elderly couple watching him by the bus stop. Oh, yes. And just like a fancy drunk because just going and doing his thing, fighting nothing and getting thrown backwards it's like watching uh, Game Changer Wrestling's Joey Janela versus the Invisible Man, where uh, I, tables broke. You know, maybe in my second watch, I will see if Layla in did, indeed did see the Jackal, because I was led to believe that she was just kind of guessing as to where he was. She was she was now believing that even though she couldn't see this enemy, that something was happening, and she just couldn't put eyes on it, so to speak. Right. Um, but um, where are we now? In human resources, he's just turning in his name. It's just Stephen. That it doesn't say property of museum or whatever. It's just that's his name. Isn't it? Funny? And everything and everything that Mark shows up in a reflection is kind of cool. The way they do that. Isn't it funny with moments like this in a show where you watch a character lose their job and you're actually really happy for them because they're not in the place where they're at anymore because it sucked for them watching him, you know, be verbally berated by his bitchy boss and just well. I like seeing that. I think Stephen enjoyed his job because of the subject material. Oh, no doubt. And he was a, you know very versed in it. So It's almost like working for a place, and you have to leave because of shitty people surrounding you, and you loved the job all along. Yes. Huh. I wonder what that's like. Yeah. yeah. But we did catch a little bit of uh, movement after Stephen not only talks to that gold foil statue guy, but when Stephen gives him a hug, he... Kind of like moved a little bit. Like, Crowley. What is he doing? Seeing, yeah. Cr- again, it's funny when in the comics, Crowley is very much the lovable drunk. He, he you know, he owes everything to Mark Jake Stephen. Uh, but in this one, it's just like, could, could you please get the hell away from me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy that very much a counter contrast of what he is. And again, this personification of this character He's a lovable loser, and you want to see him succeed. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And... Two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. But uh, but now we, we move ahead a little bit. And I mean a little bit because now it's time to figure out where this key belongs to with this double J insignia whatever storage unit thing j-e-double-f <laughs> but what i but i think it's kind of odd maybe and your storage unit in your local area may vary why wouldn't the locker number be on the key or on the key fob but you know the, the secure the lock storage unit guy knows who he is and says yeah locker 43 storage fuel 43 takes him down there to the paradise city where the grass is green and the girls are pretty Duffel bag, gun, money, passport, Mark Specter, and the scarab, oh, which is like please. a compass. Yeah. I thought you were going to continue like in the, the style of the lyric city. No, I'm going to pitch my voice up too hard and lose it. Save it for the radio. Not to pitch up, but yeah. Wow, wow. And then, you know, since it's somewhat reflective surfaces, we're going to have Mark speaking and saying what he does, serving Khonshu and, and Stephen says, the Egyptian god of the moon. That's the stupidest thing he's ever heard of. He says, I, I eat one piece of steak and boom, I go bonkers. Again, mo- I, I love little callbacks to things like that that the audience might not even really pay attention to. And you're like, oh, yeah, he did eat the steak. Just like, It's smart writing with stuff yeah. like that. I like that. Well, he ordered it. Supposedly he ate it. We didn't actually see it happen, but that's how that goes. And, uh, and then we have the, uh, was it the running, I'm calling it the running sequence with, uh, with Conchu and then stumbling into Layla. His wife, wouldn't you know? And then you're hearing things of you you uh I'm trying to figure out how to word it. But just that whole element of she's telling him everything. I'm married to you, I'm this, I'm that. Yeah, drop the accent. And he's he's in this character, but we it kind of paints the picture that yeah, this is not the real uh guy all along. This is just like a character he's built into himself. Yeah, and we find out that they both can speak somewhat fluent French as well. And one thing about seeing, you know, a character like that where they, they've built this life for themselves, they've, it's like the definition of method acting for a, you know, person where you've gone so far ahead and you're going and doing this. Like being like Jared Leto where you don't go to the bathroom unless you have help because you're Michael Morbius, Dr. Michael Morbius. Did you hear about that one, Eddie? Oh, I don't think I did. Yeah, but... he, needs, he, need, he method acted so hard. I'm leaving that one alone. Yeah, no, it's, it's disappointments. Too much brain cell activity. For yeah, that. no, I don't blame you. But I need to conserve my energy. <laughs> in regards to just that, you know, that element, he he acted, he he worked himself into a shoot, brother. And one of the things about seeing that with the character is, it's it's like actually, you know, what it reminds me of when Jim Carrey played Andy Kaufman, 
where he thought he was actually Andy Kaufman, that Andy Kaufman possessed his body. And after the movie was over, he didn't know who the real Jim Carrey was. Oh, goody. If you ever have the opportunity, watch the documentary uh, Andy and Me, mm-hmm. or Jim and Andy, I think, or Andy and Me. It's, it is phenomenal. It's the making of Man on the Moon. It's available on Netflix, and it's, it's incredible. But I digress. All right. And just like, again, you know, he, we don't know if this is like multiple personalities or if he just, he pretended to be this so much, it became everything he is. And then the officers come to Stephen's flat and this paperweight. I don't know that he actually did take it from the museum, this pyramid-shaped paperweight. And where'd you get this? At the paperweight shop. It's stolen property. You're coming with us. Well, they didn't go to the police station. They're scales people. Dead, not, or, dead not, or alive, you're coming with me. Not the fishy kind either. The scale tattoos on their arms. <sighs> yeah. And here's not Harrow again, Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Now we're two episodes into being with this character of Harrow. What do you think of him so far? Don't turn your back on him. What do you think of Ethan Hawke's portrayal of the guy? He's, he's it's it's very. I it's think it's ominous. very good. Yes, yeah. I, I don't know everything. All his cards are not showing, yet. So, yeah, I suspect I, I am suspicious of him right from the beginning, because who breaks a, breaks glass and puts the shards in your sandals and starts walking around? That's that's the first question mark. And or exclamation point for pain. Yeah, I love the character so far and. He's not my be-all, end-all Marvel villain, but for what we're working with with this, I love that we're having scenes where he's having the conversation with Mark. He's like, hey, screw it. I'm just going to sit with you right now. And by the way, I'm saying Mark, Stephen, whatever. Yeah, well, he's con- he's counteracting, Harrow, what, what Conchu is saying. The so humanism of him. Now, you know, it's like, all right, who do you believe and who do you not believe when you don't have all the information on really either side yet, but a need to resurrect uh, Ahmed... The, uh, the Egyptian, what do you even call it, uh, alligator-headed female goddess, and the uh, scarab being the compass to Ahmed, Ahmed's tomb, and that kind of stuff. I would give anything to watch you, you know, talk about Egyptian gods for a day, like as a class, just like you teaching that. And then there's what's it called over here. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, this would be an incomplete on my part. For oh, sure. I would watch every single moment of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But in regards to... Just the uh, the incorporation of the overall universe of what this is, phenomenal. Don't know where I'm going with this. You have a character development, though, in terms of uh, Layla. And uh, she's got the scarab. She's trying to bring out Mark. Some in the suit, she's telling him also to kind of thing. And again, we see how only Steven's seeing the jackal, uh, you know, crashing out the window. And, oh, wow, that sequence falling down. <laughs> to the ground and really getting whacked on on the way down, whether it's uh, part of the ladder or the fire escape or whatever, and then hitting the ground in a business, white business suit, and not what you were necessarily expecting. So one of the things about this that I really find hilarious is, again, as I previously mentioned last week, one of the creators of this interpretation of Moon Knight, Mr. Knight, is not referenced is Warren Ellis, and it's very funny, whereas Declan uh, Shavely or Shavely, or your mileage may vary, that creator got acknowledged. So it's kind of funny seeing that, 
but I get why, because it's not going to be that interpretation of Mr. Knight. Mr. Knight is literally a guy who will show up at a crime scene and help solve the problem because he's, you know, he's like, he watched a lot of Columbo. Just oh, one more thing. There we go. Just one more thing. But so by the, that makes sense. I don't know. But I love the character and I love this interpretation where he literally, why does he have the suit? Kept saying suit, suit, suit. Yeah, he's and, like, uh, you know, well, uh, Mark is trying to say armor, not this psycho Colonel Sanders. Which is such a great line. Yes. And, but the comeback line from Stephen to Mark is like, I don't know how any of this beep works. So maybe, in a sense, I'm getting that maybe now Stephen has a little bit of influence on what's happening. I would say so. Overall, you know, it's not being a full-fledged, let's go to the suit that we know as Moon Knight. Fighting oh. armor with the uh, cape and everything. Although, let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, the Moon Knight suit in the show is the most badass thing yeah. I've seen. Especially, we're going to move a little forward forward on here, but I love how he has those crescent moon uh, shape, you know, dagger things or whatever. Easily at his disposal. He doesn't need it to be love, on his belt. It's right there in the center I where the moon is. I love that. It's sure. such a cool look of seeing him, you know, pull them off of his chest, like one after the other. And it's like... It's neat, and it's like, again, things like that make these characters so damn toyetic because when they make, they, they just announced today as of this recording on April 6th, they're doing a hot toy of this, and I would love to see how they're going to incorporate that part of the character because you can have them saved on there. Mm-hmm. Pl- you know, like, click them in. Why not? It's it's cool to see, but... Might have to be a little larger figure then. I don't know what yeah, the size Yeah, that's what hot but... toys are. Okay, those, well, are, those are the big ones. You've seen the Deadpool one. I probably have. What's yeah. it, what's the what is it a fifteen? Like about I think maybe you would know readily. Not not me. I only own one. <laughs> well, still one more than none. Thank you, Megan. But in regards to just those characters, seeing that you know that look to it and how life size not life size but you know what I mean like the toyetic element of these characters are going to be that's such a neat way. And then just seeing the transformation. Into that costume. Oh, that's oh all the way. Oh, my God. That's bangers. That's really like all, all aces, all thumbs up, whatever. It remi- it's, It reminds me of the Venom symbiote in a lot of ways. Yes, the same general idea. I get that. That's fine. And it's such, it's so cool. Like seeing... It's just a bunch of bandages instead of, uh, you know, black goop. Would, would you... Because in the comics, it's literally just a costume. Like... Moon Knight went and bought a sewing machine, you know. Whereas this, it's its it's, its own thing again, mm-hmm. and it it really does differentiate from what the uh, the source material is, in a way where it is respectful to you know it it um, doesn't insult the intelligence of the hardcore fan, in my opinion. But it, you know, I think it also works too, not only with the of course computer and other technology, but because of the fact that Egyptian and mummy yeah. and wrappings, bandages, it's like yeah, it's, yeah it's, that matches, that it's, fits. It's very on the nose, and you know, just well, like, it is across the nose. Literally, literally, yeah, ha, ha, ha. that's good. By the way, I love uh, the comic or the toy nerds that had gone on about the Marvel Legends Moon Knight figure from that run. Because he doesn't have like a nose covering or whatever on the well, one, one of the version. bandages fell off. That's all. But I'm just thinking to myself, you can fix that. You wear a shirt that says "Genius at Work," Lily Poxy, and yet it. you're complaining about a children's toy. Yep, yep. Like I'm sorry. At this point, like I don't want to be on my high horse, but ladies and gentlemen, let let's mosey on down. But 
because Mooney now takes over. And uh, okay, we, Eddie, the great <laughs> thanks, thanks for the uh, subtle way on. of changing on. Ch- <laughs> the Very chase, subtle. the chase ensues. Ah, uh, yes, Giorgio Moroder. This is how, <laughs> this is how the subtitle of this episode, "Bad Moon Rising," has relevance because we have many. No, different the title of the show degrees. is "Bad Moon Rising." I'm going with Moon Knight as the... Anyway. Nope. Many varied form, size, moon shots. Literally, he pulled his pants down, ladies and gentlemen, and we saw a it's Billy Gunn-esque moon. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Man. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, they changed it to TVMA as an option on Disney+. Plus, So you can see that full moon in bloom. None of it was. Not in these, not in the chase sequence. No fold, just varying degrees of a... Uh, no folders? Curl, no. In your cup? I don't know. No, that's the best part of waking up. That's, that's right. But in regards to that one shot, like this is... It's one of the coolest scenes in there, and it's it's so expected. You know, we both talked about it off mic beforehand, and you were like, yeah, it was expected. We knew it was going to happen, because like, literally as he's positioning... Jumping I'm like, from one rooftop to there, and the moon is right there in the background. You're going to see that whole sort of slowed down motion, and yeah, and You know, it's, when it's the moon hits cool. your eye like a big of a pizza pie... Boom, it's time to eat, yeah. I love that usage of that shot. I think it's... It's a cliche shot, don't get me wrong, but it's such perfection for what that is. He's in his element. It's like like Superman gets his power from the solarness. The oh, solarness. he's not getting power from the anything. Sun. He's just jumping in front of the moon. And I, moon just... rays and, you know, charge him up maybe, his battery. Who knows? Blue jeans and moonbeams, yes. Down... Captain then... Beefheart. Oh, I didn't okay. think I'd make a Captain Beefheart reference on here, but here we are. Yeah, no. And then before you know it, the jackal is impaled and turns to dust. And it's a very violent shot, by yes, the way. It's just, vroom, it's over. And the crescent moon returns to Moon Knight's hand, like a boomerang, even. Although, personally, I prefer my crescent rolls, you know, around uh, Thanksgiving time. They don't help against a jackal. You can only feed that so many times, and it's I like, mean, all right, what else you got? They'd be like, hey, you know, you got any more? And I'd be like, no, nah, man. they go, oh, okay, well, see mm-hmm. you later. And then they go home, and they're like, yeah. on the car right back, they're like, they should have prepared better for us. Greg, you had 15 crescent rolls. <laughs> When is enough enough? Marjorie, this is why our marriage is in goddamn shambles. <laughs> you should speak about that topic. <laughs> and here's the argument. I, I enjoyed Eddie talking with his hands just now like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Thank you. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, and here's the argument now. Where Neither Mark- did I, Marjorie. <laughs> Mark is in control of the body and Stephen is in the reflection wherever the mirror and the argument that ensues. What did this remind you of? Him being in there? Because I have my... I, you literally just said it like that, and then it just clicked with me. It It's a role reversal. You know what it reminds me of? Um, Captain Marvel in the 1970s when he was switching roles. With Rick with, Jones? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And you see him like in the corner just like, oh, so this is what it's like. Get me the hell out of here. I love that. Okay, yeah. But here's the other thing. He has other personalities, Jake Lockie, Moon Knight itself. When are they going to show up in that background? Well, when are they going to have their little Tupperware party? We're only two episodes in, so... Yeah, I am excited for that. Conchu is technically one of his forms, too. Yeah, yep, yeah, okay. And then the reference to um, getting, what, can get another uh, near and dear to him? Conchu talking to Mark... You know, you just watch your step. The body doesn't belong to you. And uh, just beware of somebody who's near and dear to you, which I have to assume is Layla. 
which was in the process. He, they were in the process of perhaps being divorced, right. as that came up in the course of the episode as well. And then, as earlier mentioned, uh, Mark saying, where are we going, Takanchu? And he says, where the hell do you think? Boom, wake up. Mark laying on the floor of the bed, leaning up against the bed, rather, with a, with a bottle of booze, and, uh, and getting up and seeing that it's morning in Egypt. And we're done. 52 minutes. And I, I, I always do these episodes when I finish them. I fast forward a little. Yeah. Hey, is there a post credit scene? Because you gotta at this point, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nothing, nothing there, no, nothing there. But, but but that's okay. Great episode. Yeah, absolutely great episode. Again, compared to the first, of course, it's not gonna be the best thing ever, but a solid follow up, in my opinion. Because obviously, it comes after the first episode. Uh, yeah, but. What I, what what it's a minor similarity, and I guess it's been done in other movies like Captain Marvel, of walking down a dark storage corridor area, and of course motion sensor lights coming on and making that noise when the light comes on when you get to a certain whoop, section. Whoop, whoop. That kind? No, it's, oh. it's 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 a noise I can't replicate. So sorry about that. Oh no, that's a goose. No, it's almost like throwing a light switch or a light panel or a breaker on a, oh. a circuit breaker on an electrical panel board. Okay, maybe magnify that with some reverb or echo. And then there you are. But in this episode of Moon Knight, as well as in a part of the movie Morbius, same technique, I think. And also prior to that, not Richard, Captain Marvel. So just a similar thing that was going on. Coincidence? Probably. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) That's number two. No, number two was Morbius. I'm going poopy. Number two episode. Get it? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I guess we need to wrap this up so you can go take care of business. Sir, no <laughs> toilet humor on this podcast. How dare I? Mm-hmm. How dare you decide to do toilet humor on here? Naughty, naughty, naughty. Sir, this is a Wendy's, just not the one in Monticello. <laughs> anyway, overall, yeah, I love this episode. I thought they did a excellent job, and... I like that they're making me excited for, like, something I obviously love in the first place, but sometimes it, that just doesn't happen with things I love, you know? Like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. The thing I enjoy, eh, whatever, maybe next week. That was me with Star Wars. This one, I'm on board with everything, and I'm waiting to see what they can surprise me with. I'm just getting an a, a odd comparison, or maybe it's not because of the nature of this the people that are talking, that it's like, oh, I got a new toy, and I'm going to play with it, and an hour later... Okay, what else you got? It feels like that sometimes. But luckily... <laughs> knew it! But again, luckily for this one, you know, it's not happening like that. It, Good. There's more parts because of this it, new toy. Yeah. I feel like, again, they're finding ways to connect you, make you still interested because you have that overwhelming question of what is next. That's what made WandaVision, I will keep saying that, so damn great because you were speculating... What does this mean? What does that mean? Where are we going from here with this? Because there's that overlying mystery. Plus, we have new introduced characters as opposed to, well, Baron Zemo's coming over today. Oh, cool. What are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. We're going to have a scene where a guy gets bloody and then edit it uh, in the middle of the night and pretend it didn't happen. And then everyone's going to catch us. And then we're going to re-upload and say, oh, there was an excuse. Uh, Somebody uh, uploaded the wrong one. Uh Why did you upload something again, even though it's been on since last year, Disney Plus? But that's a story for another day. Anyway, 
Keep on mooning. Au. For the Marvelous, I'm Peter Melnick. <laughs> and I'm Eddie Wilson. Au. Duh. Excelsior.